Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to Unfiltered, the podcast show where we call it as we see it. I'm your host, Nikisha Prince-Haynes, and today my guest will be Miss Penny Castle. Today's show is going to be one with a difference. We are going to be featuring another one of the Women Across Borders co-authors. And Miss Castle happens to be one of those co-authors in the anthology. But before Miss Castle comes on, let me tell you a little about her. Miss Penny Castle is an happiness whiz, an anxiety expert, Fortune 10 coach, a best-selling author, and a speaker. She's an happiness whiz because she knows happier persons are more effective. Miss Castle spent most of her career either as an employee or consultant, being the person who arrives to clean up the mess when the consultants leave. She is a certified ICF coach with a decade's worth of coaching experience, working at all levels. Added to that, she has two decades of corporate experience, leading process, systems, and HR interventions. Ms. Castle wrote a memoir titled Cultivating Happiness. Good afternoon, Ms. Castle, and welcome to Unfiltered. How are you? I am great, thank you. It's so nice to be talking to you from the other side of the world. Lovely. And just to uh, make it a bit clearer, listeners, Ms. Castle is from the beautiful country of South Africa, so we're traveling far. How is South Africa today? It is really good. We were supposed to have huge thunderstorms, which is normal for us in summer. But so far, touch wood, we are having a lovely warm summer's day. Lovely. So I'm in a beautiful island of Barbados and we're having sunshine today. So Miss Castle, let's get started with your interview. How did you get started in your career? Well, in my career, I was one of those managers who used to walk out of a meeting room thinking, oh, that went well. And then I would turn around and there would be kind of blood on the walls. And I realized at that point that I was a really hard person. And quite by chance, the person I worked for uh, was training to become a coach. And he suggested that I should become uh, be his case study for his uh, training and it had such a profound uh, effect on me that I decided that it was time for me to leave IT and process design behind and become a coach not that I don't still love IT and process because I can draw a process for anything and I love processes but I also wanted to figure out why we do what we do and what we can do to live happier, more productive lives. Nice, nice. What is one thing you wish you had known before you began your career? Oh, my total career. I wish I had known that no decision is un, is not undoable. Does that make sense? So I, for a long time in my life, I felt like if you made a decision, whether it was for what I studied or who I worked for or what career I pursued, I held this belief that that was a forever decision. And I wish I could have known then how you cannot predict the future and you can undo any decision. Nice, 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 I love it. 
how did you make it amidst all of the challenges that you faced? Because I know there must have been challenges in transitioning into a coach. So how did you made, made it amidst all of those challenges? So it was a huge challenge for me actually to leave the corporate world behind. It took me five years. So I, I was trained, I was ready, I was desperate to go. And for five years, I felt like I was standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon. And when it finally, it, the time was right and the circumstances were right, and I resigned and became a consultant and coach, it was a, really a non-event, but it took me five years. A friend of mine said to me, before you leave, it feels like you're going to have to jump across the whole Grand Canyon. But when you look behind you, it looks like it's just a little line in the sand. And she is completely correct. It was felt so big, but when you've actually made the decision, often it's just going through the steps of the doctor, you know, fill in this form and do that and set mm. things up. And it's quite, you know, like just normal administration but it's making the yes, decision yes. that was the big challenge for me. That feeling of there will be enough business, um, I can make it, you know, what if I'm not good enough was a question that I asked myself all the time. Uh, but the actual doing it in the end was kind of a non-event. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I'm happy to know that you have conquered that fear, that, that self-doubt, because I mean, that's, something that a lot of us struggle with in transitioning from the corporate world into becoming our own business owner, our own boss, because like you've mentioned, you know, you wonder, am I good enough? Am I going to make it? Am I going to get clients? Would persons trust me with their day-to-day -day activities? I mean, there's so many questions that you ask yourself, but you never will know the answer to those questions if you do not take that leap of faith. So yes, challenges are going to come. They are going to arise. It's a part of life. We cannot live life without challenges. We just have to know how to overcome those challenges. And for me, transitioning from the corporate world into becoming a business owner, it was a difficult transition as well for me because, I mean, it's like any normal corporate person working there Monday to Friday, you're thinking, oh, at 430 pack up and you leave I mean you're just looking at the clock just counting them ah for Thursday can't come quick enough for me to leave and then you just go slow on the job because it's like you just thinking to yourself whether or not I complete all of the day's activities I'm still gonna get paid but with being your own boss you gotta put in the work in order to get paid so you gotta cheat the job you got to put in the work you gotta put in the hours in order for you to make that money absolutely and the other big thing is that you don't have anybody telling you if you're doing a good job. So, you know, when you're in the corporate world, you have a manager who does a performance review and they're like, oh, you're a three out of five or a four out of five. Yeah, um, yeah. And someone is measuring you. When you're in your own business, there's only one measurement and that is, do you have paying clients? <laughs> you know, and, yeah, um, and that for me, was one of the things I really grieved actually when I left the corporate world was that I didn't have that person going, you're okay, you're doing fine. You know, it was just me and I am very self-critical. Yeah. So. <laughs> but 
but it's good I'm sure you're enjoying it because I mean it's like look at it on the flip side you don't have anybody to report to but yourself so that's a good thing it's a wonderful thing no I would never go back um, nice. I, I would never go back to the corporate world I can't imagine now that I'm here ever working for somebody else I quite frequently partner with people um, but I can't imagine being an employee again and so often on the spur of the moment I'll go oh there's a webinar I want to attend now and I can do that in my business I couldn't do I wouldn't have that freedom in the, the corporate world Mm. So, Miss Castle, what is one of your most memorable or exciting moments? Exciting moments or memorable? Well, actually, for me, is I guess the most memorable moment isn't actually <laughs> that fun. Is that um, several years ago, my son, uh, my eldest son, was diagnosed with cancer, and that was one of the moments in life when uh, everything, everything that I thought. I knew and understood about life just went out the window um, and it was a really really hard experience I won't lie but I learned so much from that experience about my expectation of myself and of others um, the big big learning for me was that we are all so much stronger and capable of so much more than we will ever believe and unfortunately in this life You've got to face something really hard before you know that. And, you know, I wish that, for me, it's like I wish I could ev give everybody that a little bit of that knowledge, that they could see their strength the way that I can see it in them. Wow. I'm so sorry to hear about your son. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the most memorable, most fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> most fun was going to Hawaii on holiday. <laughs> It's about as far away as you can get from South Africa, and it was the best, best holiday ever. Nice. <laughs> Holidays are always awesome. Yes, and it was one of those places that I never thought I'd get to. <laughs> wow. How did you get involved in the Women Across Borders anthology? Um, well, this is an interesting thing for me because I literally, as I mentioned before, is like you see something out there and you go, oh, that looks interesting. Let me go and have a look. And that particular one was a mastermind um, run by um, Tony Robbins. But quite by chance, in one group, someone asked a question and I stumbled across Sonia and she was just this, she had this remarkable capacity for just being there at that moment when you needed someone to bounce an idea off or you know to tell someone about something so it was really one of those moments in life that was pure chance and yet had such a profound impact I mean literally it was we both answered the same thing in a Facebook group and then she was like you know I'm putting together this anthology and I'm like oh like I'm a writer <laughs> and uh, it was one of those moments where there was just synchronicity um, uh, and she is such a profoundly um, intuitive and knowledgeable woman that it was uh, it was a really great experience wow wonderful 
how did it feel co-authoring in a book with other phenomenal women from across the globe? Because, I mean, the book is made up of so many other co-authors. So how does it feel, you know, putting together your ideas with other women from across the globe? Women from Guyana, I mean, you're in South Africa and other parts of the world. How does that feel? It was a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, mine was slightly different in that this would have already been written and published. And I know a lot of the other uh, women, this you know, was the first time that they were writing and sharing their experiences. So from that perspective, um, that bit was easy. But I was you know, looking at these other people and their profound journeys. And of course, I am a white woman in South Africa, and we have conflicted past. So there is always that moment where there's a little bit of imposter syndrome, that thing of like, who am I to say that, you know, I, ha I have this soaring profound change in my life in comparison to other people's journeys, you know? And yeah, that's something that it's really made me conscious of. And, and I've been carrying that sort of question in my mind uh, ever since I met Sonia. Nice. And that brings me to my other question. And I was going to ask you how did you met Dr. Sonia, but you have mentioned earlier how you met her. So can you tell me how does it feel working alongside uh, Dr. Sonia? It's so nice. I mean, I don't get to go to a lot of her um, webinars purely because of time zone. You know, what's, what is a good time? In, uh, in her time zone is the middle of the night for me. But what I find is that so often I will wake up in the morning and there is a voice note from her and it's just got this little pearl of wisdom and she's so spot on. I don't know how she manages it, but she will just have this little pearl and it's like, wow, that, that was exactly what I needed this morning to wow. make me feel like I'm gonna get up and have energy. Um, so that has been really, really awesome. Uh, the other thing that I feel very blessed about was that she allowed me to take one of her courses with no charge and it was such a good experience, not just from the, in terms of the material, um, uh, the material was great, but as a fellow teacher and trainer, you know, when you look at someone and go, oh, that's such a clever idea, the way she's put it together, that's really going to make it easy for people to understand and to know which direction they need to take next. Um, so I learned a huge amount just, in fact, in terms of the content, there was nothing there that I didn't uh, necessarily know, but it was how she had put it together that was really good. Nice. So we can safely say, you know, it's like the saying goes, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So it's not what she put together but how she put it together is what made the difference and that stood out for you and I'm glad that you um, I knew quite a lot of the things that were in that course because we are in the same field um, you know we both work with personal development but that is not to say that you know anybody else would know that so I think she is a great combination of what and how because the how was so clever and so well done, but the what, the things out of all the world in personal development that she picked on uh, to put in this short course, it was um, just those things that people really need. It was great. 
nice. So, Miss Castle, who or what motivates you? Um, gosh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what motivates me? Um, I guess there's the first thing in that springs into my mind is my son, my surviving son, Christopher. Uh, he nice. has just gone through such a hard time um, in the past few years and you know somebody who has really struggled and really faced the pain and has and has come out of that as you know he's 17 but he has the wisdom of a 40 year old he is that guy who will walk into a room where everyone is anxious and doesn't know each other and go oh hi you know like who are you and what are you up to I guess for him, he, his position is, I have faced the worst thing I could ever imagine. And, and there's nothing, you know, if I say hello to you and you don't like me, that is not the worst thing that could happen to me. And so wow. his confidence and his ability, and I think also from a generational perspective, um, you know, he is, he is at that point in his schooling where he is choosing what he will uh, study uh, in his tertiary studies. And it's just so different from what I ever would have thought about. And yet, the moment he said it, I was like, that is perfection for you. That is recording. So I think he really motivates me. And I think the other thing that really motivates me is kind of at the basis of all the work I do. And that is that happiness is not a kind of something you're born with. It's not this kind of God-given gifts it's a skill set and whilst there are things in our lives that are going to be easier to manage and and are just happy on their own and there are some things in life that are really tough to work through and if we put happiness before the goal instead of after the goal because we often say i'll be happy when and if we can flip that round and say i will achieve this when I am happy, um, it makes such a difference to our lives, not just in terms of how we perform, because happy people, there is such clear evidence that they make better decisions, they're more um, um, willing and able and effective in their jobs, but also that they get the benefit of learning things that they can do that will make them happier. And what a great world that is to live in. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of like at the, the core of the work that I do is... Nice. Staff, they'll work better. Um, and for the individuals, it's you'll get what you want if you're happier. You know, I've never thought about it that way because it's like you've mentioned, we always say, okay, well, if I achieve this goal, then it's going to make me happy. If I achieve that, then it's going to make me happy. But, you know, it kind of makes sense, you know, having that mindset of happiness before you even achieve the goal will help to propel you to achieve the goal even faster, even if 
you do not achieve the goal when you would want to achieve the goal you know you're still happy about it because like you said happiness is what makes the difference and it takes away wrinkles i'm sure and it just <laughs> makes you enjoy life more it does but there's really also good science behind it so when we look at your brain what we know is that happy people in comparison to neutral or unhappy people um have more of the neurotransmitters that make us good at thinking about things than people who are neutral or negative. So, you know, it's like the double bonus for me. You get to be happy and you're more likely to succeed just because your brain is working better. Nice, nice. I love it. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to follow a career like yours and who wants to co-author in a book? So the first thing for me is in terms of a career, it's the same advice I would give myself is there is no decision that you can't undo in life and find a solution for. So if you are ready and it's time to start your own business, don't do what I do and wait for five years to have everything perfect. Uh, you can leave and you can try something and it'll work out completely different from what you thought it was going to be and that's great and you can unmake that decision whenever you want and we have that power within ourselves to do that. Um, in terms of collaborating on a book, uh, selfishly my advice would be make sure it's been put together by somebody who has done this before and knows their stuff and is super professional in what they are doing and helping you frame you know your story so that it doesn't become an autobiography it's just this, this pearl that you want to share and and it's going to be so supportive you know often I have seen um, you know, groups of people get together and then egos get involved and like, well, no, I'm my stuff in and I want to have my name here. And my piece of advice is don't do that. <laughs> is work with someone who is going to encourage you, who's going to bring the best out of you and be open and vulnerable and authentic because if you want someone to read your story and you want to share your story, nobody, want, nobody cares about your thinking framework or your model. What, what we care about is that we want to know what your challenges are and we want to desperately know that you win, you know? Um, and, and I guess that is for me what I, what I would suggest to people, you know? Basically, what we're saying. Nice, I love it. I, you know, it's funny enough that you mentioned that because I mean, on more than one occasion, the opportunity was offered to me to be a co-author in books. And I'm there looking at the person that's trying to put together the book. And I'm saying, um, is my name going to look good in your book? Do I really want to be a part of this, etc.? And I mean, that's what also led me to write in my own book because I'm also an author. And I <laughs> yes, I can see <laughs> my own book. And I mean, that was such a great feeling. And I'm not saying that I would not collaborate with no one and I would not be a co-author. Yes, I would, but like you said, it has to be worth your time and it has to be somebody good. Because as they always say, once you're putting your name to something, attaching your name to something, it should be something of value. 
and something that you're proud of. Something that, you know, 10 years from now, if someone picks up a copy, you still want your name attached to that. Um, you know, and, and I guess for me is that collaborations are wonderful because you don't have to write a whole book. You will know this, you know, you know just a little bit of a book and that is much easier. Um, but I think for me is that often the world of writing has been portrayed as being quite exclusive and only these people and that people, you know, will get in. But of course, the world of Amazon and, uh, and Kindles and things like that has completely democratized publishing. So it makes it much easier for you to put your content out there and have people read it. On the other hand, it allows people to put junk there, so you have to be kind of careful. Um, but you, there has never been a better time to tell your story, whether you're doing that as part of an anthology or whether you are doing it in your own book. There has never been a time that has been better for writing. That. So, Miss Castle, how can our listeners connect with you online? So, I am really easy to connect with. Uh, my website is called thepennycastle.com um, and my email address is penny at thepennycastle.com um, and I guess one of the ways that you can get in touch with me and it kind of depends on what your style is I read somewhere and I cannot remember who said it they said don't tell people about your product live your product so i have it's a group called old dogs new tricks i turned 49 uh, in august and i decided that there was a whole load of things that i think other people know that i feel i should know by 50 like easy things mm. like how to put on makeup <laughs> and um and so those are purely for entertainment and for fun um you know and i spend a lot of time discussing why shapewear is terrible <laughs> um, but that for me is the most fun way so that's a facebook group and that is just me doing all these challenges that are things i want to know just because i want to know them and really, I guess the point of that is that that's me being happy, not me telling you about how I could make you happy. Wonderful. So there you have it, listeners. The happiness with Miss Penny Castle. Don't forget to connect with her for that source of motivation when you are feeling dumb about yourself. We all want to know that someone cares and is there for us. Be true to who you are always and stay motivated. And stay tuned for another episode of Women Across Borders. Thank you.